0: From Trojan's Wire, part of the College Wire Network at USA Today. This is the Trojans Wired Podcast. Here are your hosts, Matt Zemick and Ian Hest.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of Trojans Wired, the podcast, which is an in-house production of the website Trojans Wire, part of the College Wire Network. We're getting close to the end, folks. Episode 11 of our 12-part special podcast series, "The Riley Files," a deep dive into the career of Lincoln Riley, walking us through this journey as Oklahoma Insider Keegan Renault. In episode 11, we wondered. Is there anything being overlooked or missed in the national conversation about Lincoln Riley at USC? Now, it's an obvious question, but yet, you know, just with the saturation coverage surrounding Lincoln Riley, there are so many parts of his story that we know. He's from Muleshoe, Texas, and coached under Mike Leach, and, you know, obviously immediately elevated Oklahoma as offensive coordinator coming from East Carolina. Then as head coach, had a lot of success. Um, you know, a turbulent exit at Oklahoma. Those are the main big plot points that that we're aware of. But what what gets missed uh, about Lincoln Riley? So, Keegan, uh, you know, you you followed him closely for a number of years and you, you're, you're aware of the national narrative. You're aware of the national conversation. I'm sure you have a few thoughts uh, related to, you know what? I see this in Lincoln Riley. Why doesn't anybody else see it? Or. You know, hmm, there's this particular strength or weakness, and it's just not entering the national conversation the way it should. What are are some of the things you've collected in your your own analyst's reporter's notebook uh, that we should be discussing about Lincoln Riley?
0: I've said it on the show a lot. Um, You guys have started to talk about it in terms of USC people. I think people are nationally a, a very minority group is kind of talking about it. I mean, this guy is very calculated. Like, it surprises me, you know, I come on this with you guys, and not that you guys haven't mentioned or you guys didn't notice it, but I've said this maybe multiple times. I mean, everybody's asking, you know, what happened in Oklahoma? What happened in Oklahoma? And I've said it multiple times, not on this show, but even out in the public or on radio, it's like, he told you. In the first 10 minutes of his press conference at USC in Southern California, he told you exactly why he left Oklahoma. He just didn't tell you, Uh, word for word, right? He very smartly baked in a bunch of comments about alignment and vision and resources and potential and direction and a bunch of items that I think to most journalists peek their ears up and go, that's really weird. He has said this multiple times by this point. Um, He is very smart Uh, beyond his years um i think the he's very he, he's very good intuition i mean he's very intellectual like this is a guy that he is always thinking ahead of you regardless of what you think he is thinking ahead of you um and i that part of it um i do think it is it, it you know take a peek behind the curtain. and i i think even lincoln would laugh at it a little bit matt i you know i people taking everything that he says as for granted as it's a hundred percent the fact. And I think Lincoln, I think would even laugh at all of us for uh, ever thinking that he was a hundred percent. Everything he said is the, uh, was the truth. So, you know, we're, we're
1: aware of the fact that he's made some media tours. Like he spoke to CBS, spoke to ESPN. Um, you know, he's, he's done, a he's done the rounds, he's made the rounds in the mass media world. And a lot of his interviews, you know, it, it, like he doesn't say incendiary things. All right. He, you he, know, he's kept his, or at least in terms of since he's been at USC, like he hasn't really posted a lot of bulletin board material. And as you alluded to with the language about alignment and vision, you know, it's, it's, uh it's kind of a coded language it, it, as opposed to being really direct, very frontal, very uh, abrasive. I mean, that doesn't seem to be, how he rolls. So my question, Keegan, is what's the strategy behind that? And I'm not so much for outing league Riley. I'm trying just to get a sense of like, what's the political play? What's, what's his uh, vision uh, in terms of giving these pretty generic interviews, but at a lot of different outlets, when, you know, on the surface, they would, they would only seem to annoy Oklahoma fans more like that's, (laughs) That's the only thing that those interviews really seem to do in terms of generating an immediate reaction. Like USC fans weren't, you know, going gaga about him as a result of, you know, these interviews about how his exit from Oklahoma. Just why did he keep talking about that 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 part of his story in a very you know indirect and coded way?
0: Oh, uh, you hit the nail on the head on a couple of things there. I think he's very reserved. Uh, he's very like self-centered isn't the right word for it um I mean he's kind of man he's just I, there's a word on the tip of my tongue I'm thinking about but I can't it's just not coming out for some reason like Lincoln Riley is that guy that would probably back in college Matt instead of all of his buddies going out in Lubbock and you know how much fun people have in Lubbock in college um he probably played like NCAA football so like introvert. very introverted yes okay. there we go there we go yeah yeah he's he's a he's a big introvert and i mean very private as you guys know i mean there's i don't think that, i think this has been talked about in the open like media and in the public before like early on during his time at oklahoma like the media was asked not to take pictures of his family right like he is very private very introverted very loyal and as well like he'll do whatever it takes to protect his players too right like and that means protecting them in the form of it in the media um that way and so i think that that's where it comes from and i don't think it's coming from a bad place at all i don't think he's sitting there saying i'm just gonna lie to your face matt i i think he's doing it for a reason um and it's kind of along the lines of what i said about the way they approach their social media right hey we have something that's really cool that you don't have access to that. The only way that you're going to be able to get access to it is if you're with us and you're inside these walls, that's how he kind of approaches how he handles his team and his business in the media, right? Like we aren't going to talk about what's happening behind the scenes that much. We're not going to do this. You don't ask me about my schemes. I mean, you know me, Matt. Um, So I had to get very strategic about how I ask questions uh, as it resulted in like play to play stuff. Give so. us a, Give us an example if you could. Oh, oh, this is okay. This is the best one, and it's not a question I directly asked Lincoln Riley. But in in 2018 against UCLA, uh, C.D. Lamb caught a long touchdown. Jalen Hurts had rolled to his right. And it looked like and appeared on television that he had, was scrambling, but no, it was set up. It's the same play uh, that they had. No, sorry, UCLA in 2019 in Los Angeles in 2018 they ran that same play against TCU when Kyler Murray found C.D. Lamb, same receiver, same play. It worked out the same exact way. So in 2019, after the UCLA game that next week, I had a one-on-one with C.D. Lamb and the story that week was walking me through a Lincoln Riley touchdown play. So we got all the way to the point where I had C.D. Lamb talking about him going in motion and the play being called and asked C.D. Lamb if that was the touchdown or the play that was called, did he know it was going to be a touchdown? He started smiling and joking and said yes. Um, and then I started to have him go through a couple more details. CD stopped answering questions. It was like Lincoln Riley was right behind him, even though he wasn't in the room. I was like, hey, hey, stop it. Stop talking. Um, so, I mean, they were very reserved. Um, you know, Lincoln even mentioned in press conferences when people would ask him about that stuff, he would say, you guys know I don't talk about just, um, you know, my scheme or anything like this out in the media. He was just, he's very, very introverted, very reserved. And and Matt, to what you said, right? Like he's done a bunch of media tours and he said a bunch of different things without saying the main thing people want to know, which is why you left Oklahoma. He's just said a bunch of different things that don't add up with it, as well as throwing in, hey, alignment, vision, resources, all that fun stuff.
1: So, so a natural follow-up here, Keegan, is, you know, what's the dividing line between the man, you know, just the personality that Lincoln Riley has and the approach he has in terms of uh, facing the the public, facing the press and all those sorts of things. Because what you seem to be saying is that it's not so much a strategy of holding the media at arm's length. It's just he's a private guy. But obviously it bleeds into how he uh, conducts his business as a public figure. So, like,
0: how do we separate the man from the approach and, and how he goes about his business? Certainly interesting. I think you've. I think Lincoln mentioned this. Like, he can go to places in Southern California and go out to eat, and people don't even know who he is. Like, that sounds like it fits him perfectly. And that would never ever be the case in Oklahoma. Not a shot. There's no way he couldn't leave yep. his house without someone wanting to get an autograph from him. And to kind of what you're saying, I, I covered him. I have an idea of what a great working relationship is with the media. Uh, And my best example would be, he goes, Hey, look at what Shane Beamer is doing at South Carolina. Right. And it appeared on the surface that they were very open with the media, but he was reserved. It was for a reason, Matt. He's very private. Like I, I don't think you can, I don't think we can give him an out um, for that. He did not have a very good relationship working Um, with the media and specifically you write like whenever you don't have that. And when times get tough that you don't answer those questions, I think people start to ask questions, right. And try to find out what's actually happening and find different avenues to get to those conclusions. And there's just a really easy way, Matt, to mitigate those problems. You know what that is? Just saying what's going on. And I think that's what drove all of us crazy was that there was just times where there was just – there was no need to send the media or anybody on a rabbit hole or on a goose chase, right? Like, there was things that we knew and we understood. There was – and there was just times where you should be answering those questions, and I I never – he did it to protect his players, and that would be his reasoning, and I respect that as a former athlete and as a guy who respects what the jobs that these guys do. Um, but there's also just some small things. Like, there's just – There's just no reason for it. And to give an example, right, like Ronnie Perkins is suspended at the beginning of 2020. Um, He attends a game at Ames, Iowa, Matt, if you remember this story. And Ronnie Perkins is suspended. They thought his appeal was going to get approved that day. It did not. But Lincoln Riley had told the media that he was up in Ames for moral support because he was one of the leaders of the team, which Ronnie Perkins was. So Oklahoma went down and played Texas either the next week or two weeks later, I forget, Matt. Uh, And Ronnie Perkins wasn't at the game. And so I had asked Lincoln uh, the following week and I had said, uh, Ronnie Perkins, you had mentioned he was in Ames uh, as to be for moral support and as a leader. uh, And, you know, he wasn't there for OU's biggest game of the year. Like, what was the reasoning or, you know, behind that? I mean, Matt, you know, I'm an asshole. You know exactly the reason why I set that question up the way that I did. Um, and while I started asking that question, Matt, uh, it's a great GIF or GIF, whichever, uh, to that, I think goes to whoever's listening and wants to say it. Um, Lincoln starts rolling his eyes while I'm asking the question. Uh, I've got it. It's on my social media account. It's on my Twitter account. Uh, and he says, it mentions, you know, the Ronnie Perkins saga. Whenever I write my book one day, uh, it will have its own chapter. So again, just another instance of, you know, he kind of set himself up to be asked that question. And he, uh, Matt, as I've said this entire episode so far, he didn't answer that question. He, he, uh, he ignored it. And he's really, 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 really good at that. If uh, you didn't catch on to that after the 2021 Bedlam game. All
1: right. So, you know, you've said that Lincoln Riley is very smart and also that he's very loyal. Like, you know, he's, he's, wanting to shield players from criticism. He's not going to throw them under the bus. Um, so, and also, you know, with the co- with coaches that he's brought from Oklahoma, you know, he could have aimed higher than Alex Grinch, but he felt that he uh, needed to bring him over from Norman to Los Angeles. So this there's this dual reality. You know, Lincoln Riley, the, the intellectual, the smartest guy in the room, but also Lincoln Riley, the loyalist. You know the guy who's not going to abandon his players or coaches. Obviously, there's a very profound tension there. That being stubbornly loyal, it might not be the smart thing to do. So, how 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 does he wrestle with that? And how did you see that play out at Oklahoma? And what do you think the biggest challenge is in terms of dealing with that particular tension, the intelligence and the loyalty, uh, as he comes to USC?
0: He's loyal to a loyal to an extent, right? Because I think if he was as big of a loyalist as maybe I've made it seem, or you know what it seemed in the lead up to the question, he's probably still the uh, head coach of the University of Oklahoma, right? Um, it's it's interesting. I think Lincoln was at a place in his career when he took when he became the head coach at Oklahoma, Matt, where he felt like he owed it to a lot of people. And I think by the time, but then before Lincoln left Oklahoma, he kind of felt like Oklahoma owed it to him. Right. And so when you have that flip of perspective and yet you, you know, you leave and, you know, within 24 hours of you leaving, you've told everyone on Oklahoma staff that if they want to follow you, that you have a job with them. Right. I think on a personal deep level, like Lincoln is a very loyal person to a fault, right? Like, should he have given Spencer Rattler as much room and much wiggle room? Should he have let, should he have given Baker Mayfield as much for well, one? Yes. The answer is yes, because Baker was awesome to watch play football and was making him be more reserved is a little bit different. Um, You know, there's, there's a tons of rumors, right? Like Kyler Murray, you know, was uh, in the summer of 2017, uh, was I believe acti- academically ineligible, and they did they did a really good job of protecting him from that news ever hitting uh, the public. Now it did eventually, but it never really hit like it probably would have at the time, right? And so, I think that he's loyal to people that are loyal to him, and as I said, I'm, I'm you guys can't see me. I've got a big old smile on my face as I say this. I guess there's a certain point, Matt. We found out over the last nine months of our lives that there's at some point Lincoln isn't loyal enough to, I guess, go into a situation he felt like uh, did not best suit him for success.
1: All right. A final question. This episode has essentially become, for all intents and purposes, you know, Lincoln Riley, the man, and how we separate him from Lincoln Riley, the coach. Let's kind of bring these together. You know, you you mentioned. Uh, earlier in this series that uh, when Oklahoma executed a a quick drive uh, against uh, Iowa State, you saw Lincoln Riley being more emotional than at any other point. So, like, more emotional than winning uh, a Big 12 championship game or more emotional than winning Bedlam, the annual rivalry between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. In terms of a game or a moment that really affected Lincoln Riley, um, what, what, uh, what are a few examples that stand out in your mind? And I'm not trying to kind of lead you to the answer here, but just bringing it up as one particular example, I can't think of a much bigger loss that Lincoln Riley has suffered than the 2018 Rose Bowl against Georgia, but maybe another game uh, stands out for you. But like, how, how does he respond to big wins and big losses? Uh, have certain games really, in your mind, affected how he goes about his business affected the trajectory of his career, whether for better or worse. Anything stand out?
0: Yeah, I mean, you just led me right into it. Not wasn't the Rose Bowl, Matt. It was 2018 OU Texas. Fired a guy after that day. And I know uh, that Mike was echoing a little bit and you're getting that figured out, but it was, it, it's that game. Like there was at that point in that day, he made a decision that Mike Soup's is hurting. My reputation, which in turn, which in the same vein is hurting my program's reputation at the time, right? And he had to make a choice uh, that day and the next, in the day, in the hours after that, that, you know, Mike was no longer going to be the head coach and so, or no longer be the defensive coordinator. So that's the moment that I think you look at where Lincoln finally decided, I can't let my loyalty, um, hold me back from what I want to do here. And when you go in the aspect of like, how did they bounce back in 2017, they lost to Iowa state. And then they went on and played the best football that had been played at Oklahoma in a decade at that point. Um, The final stretch there in 2016, they lost two opening games when he was the offensive coordinator. Then the offense took off and had the best offense in the country. 2018, they lost to Texas and the offense after that game took off and became one of the, the, it became the most historic, most historically efficient offenses in college football history. Uh, 2019, they lost to Kansas State, Matt, and he basically took the passing decisions out of Jalen Hurts' uh, hands. And they ran an offense that was very akin to what you would see in 1980, but in the shotgun. Um, in 2020, they lost a couple games and then they became really, really good. Uh, In 2021, obviously, they got worse, it felt like, every single week. So, you know, there's mixed examples of how he responds to adversity. Um, Obviously, it looks like he was running away from some adversity at Oklahoma, but, you know, they were down, what, 31-14 to against Texas uh, this last year in 21, and that team came back and found a way to win. I mean, you know, you can say whatever you want. Like, I I think Lincoln has a little bit of – a little bit of toughness to him um, as a person. Now, does that did, did, does his does his team did they represent that all the time? They did not. Um, but I do think it goes to show that Lincoln's got a little edge to him. It's a little petty too, uh, which I, I hope you get to enjoy uh, during your time covering him, especially against UCLA and
1: Notre Dame. So Keegan, we were we've knocked down eleven episodes. We have one more left. Almost at the end. So that, that's episode 11, folks, on, on Trojans Wired and the Riley Files, a deep dive into the career of Lincoln Riley. In our 12th and final episode, we go to the film room with Keegan Renault, a film study, getting a look at Lincoln Riley's signature plays and the, the tactical areas where, in terms of X's and O's, he needs to evolve in order to get USC back to the mountaintop. That's episode 12. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of the Riley files here at Trojan choir.